Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message. My name is Bernard Koku Avle. I am a very, very excited person to be here because 11 years ago, I came here to cover an assignment and I said something to myself that day and God made that thing happen quicker than I imagined. When I started CTFM in 2004, at the time there were lots of radio stations in Ghana, Emmanuel Day to me organized an event here. It was called Eagles Camp. And that year, the speakers were Professor Stephen Aday and Albert Okran. So I was sent to come and cover the event. That means that you are a journalist. I was a national service person. I was 23 years old. National service person. I was supposed to come and cover the event. And when I finished, interview Albert Okran and the speakers. So I came to the event. The whole place was full. I couldn't come to the front. I recorded everything they said, and I wanted to interview Albert Okran at the end of the program. But a lot of people wanted to talk to Albert Okran. So I couldn't get his attention. In fact, I was about the sixth person. Then somebody would come and talk to him. Then he would talk to the person. I said, "Ah, how come I can't talk to this guy? So I couldn't get an interview with Albert Okran. So I went back to CTFM without an exclusive interview with Albert. But I told myself that, Ben, don't worry yourself. One day, you will also be speaking at an event and somebody will come and interview you. I said that to myself here. Because initially I was like, maybe if my radio station were bigger or if I were working with CNN, they would have let me see Albert. But because I'm a small 23-year-old boy from a small radio station, I couldn't talk to Albert. Now, I was thinking that maybe by the time I'm 40 years old, I'll be speaking to people like you. Not knowing that in less than 15 years, God has fulfilled what I wanted to do. And I'm now here talking to you. The first thing I'll say to you is that the future we want is not a future we should depend on somebody for. Abraham Lincoln said, the best way to predict the future is to create it. The best way to predict the future is not to go and read the newspaper. It starts with what you decide on your inside. I believe I'm standing here talking to you because something on my inside said, Bernard, You are not just meant to be sitting behind the radio speaking. You can address thousands of people and they will clap for you and they will take lessons from your life. So it starts with you. Before I start getting very excited and heavy, let me tell you a bit about myself. I am married. That's my wife, if you can see her. She's called Justine. I met my wife in 2005 at a program organized by Dr. Yaupebi. I was working at CTFM, and I was attending an event, and I met her, and the rest is history. I'm not saying you should look at somebody and marry them today, because when I was in secondary school, I didn't have a girlfriend. When I was in the university, I wasn't going out with anybody, but that was why I met my wife. We've been married since 2011, and I have two sons. Uh, the one on the left is two and a half years old. The one in the middle is eight months old. So, Senanu and Sesinam, those are my two sons. Now, why am I showing you these things? I decided the kind of woman I want to marry 
And my biggest headache as a 34-year-old man is this, that by the time my sons are my age, they will not come and meet the same Ghana I met. So this morning, I'll be talking about what kind of Ghana do we want to see? Who are the key players in the Ghana we want to see? What is going to prevent us from creating the future we want? We would also talk about what my role is. This is the most important slide. What my role is. Because I don't believe I am a victim of circumstance. I believe I am responsible for the reality I create. This is very important. I'll come back to it. And then I'll end with something I call my leadership challenge. My leadership challenge. Now, let's move on. What kind of Ghana do you see in 2036? 2036 because that is 20 years from today. The Ghana we see in 2036, by that time I'll be 54 years old. I'll probably be retired in my big house on the Ibrim Mountain. And I'll be reading newspapers and just relaxing. Every week I'll go and talk to people about how to make it in life. And I'll be preaching the gospel of Christ. That is the Ghana I see for myself. Now, you have to decide what future you see for yourself. Now, that future I see for myself has a lot of components. We don't exist in a vacuum. So, the first point I want you to ask yourself this morning. Who are the people who will be in Ghana in 20 years' time? What kind of people do you want? Do we want lazy? Angry? Poor? Confused, or we want excellent, intelligent, loving, kind people. We have to decide what kind of people we want in Ghana in 2036. Because in 20 years' time, my firstborn son will be 22 and a half years old. My secondborn son will be 20 years, 8 months. I don't want them to be queuing for visa to go to America, to be looking for somebody to help them to make it in life. I don't want them to be in a country where people will be sitting at the roadside selling dog things. I don't want them to be in a country where every week we are hearing armed robbery and rape. The country we see in 2036, we have to decide what kind of people we want. We have to decide what kind of values that country would have. Values are things we hold dear and true. Honesty is a value. In my work, I tell people that I can never collect a bribe. It's a value we work with at CTFM. It's a decision you make, and it's a product of your environment. We have to decide what kind of values we'll have in our country in 2036. And as you are listening to me, write something on your sheet, the kind of country you want. What kind of people do you want to be in Ghana in 2036? What kind of values do they have? What kind of media environment will they be running? How will our communities be? Will they be full of choke gutters? Will our communities be full of young girls standing by the roadside looking for somebody to sleep with them and give them 10 CDs? What kind of schools will we have? Will there be school children sitting on the ground, schools under trees? Or they'll be sitting in class with PowerPoint presentation, with air condition? What kind of schools will we have? What kind of politics will we have? Will it be NDC, MPP, CPP, everyday arguing? Will it be people shouting, yeah, yeah. All those things are things we can decide here to create and work towards it. 
Change is not a product of time. Change is not a product of time. What do I mean? You can't expect time to make things better in your life. No matter how long you sit at the same spot, if you don't move and take an action, nothing will change. Let me give you an example. If you leave your room for two hours, you close the door. You don't do anything to your room. You leave the room for one day. You don't sweep the room. You don't clean it. You leave your room for one year and you come back. What will you see in the room? Cobwebs, cockroaches, lizards. Because things deteriorate with time. Anything that human beings don't apply a force to, it devalues and deteriorates with time. If we don't decide what we want and apply our mind and our energy to it, they will only reduce in value. If you don't develop your mind, you reduce in value. If you don't develop your character, you reduce in value. If you don't develop your skills, you reduce in value. Things deteriorate with time. A force must be applied to your life for things to improve. Now, who are the people who determine the Ghana we see in 2036? Because don't forget, our theme is dare to dream. There are many people, most of the time when I ask people, oh, so what will happen next year? They'll say, oh, it's the politicians who determine what happens. It's the government. If the government says things will be good, things will be good. If the government says things will be bad, things will be bad. So as for me, I'm tired. When I was coming to work today, I picked up a woman in my car. She said, oh, as for me, I don't listen to the radio again. No. Whatever the government will do, they should do it. Wherever they want to say in the country, they should send it. Now, she's a very elderly woman. So I couldn't say anything back to her because I didn't want to disrespect her. But I said to myself, I will not leave the government to do what they do. John Mahama and Anna Akufuado will not determine what happens to my sons and my daughters. I will decide and I will make sure I create it. So even if they decide to do just their politics, I will use my influence to change my circles and I will make sure that the Ghana my son grows up in is not the Ghana only politicians leave for me. Most people leave development of nations to governments, political parties, religious institutions, their schools, businesses, and civil society. But I came to submit to you that the most important unit of change in the world is the last one at the bottom. What is, I, what is that last one? Say it with passion. The most important unit of change in every society is human beings. The Bible said, I sought for a man. This is what God said. In fact, those of us who are Christians, we believe that when God wanted to redeem the world, he didn't come as water. He didn't come as a building. He came as a person. He sent his son to come and cause a change. The greatest unit of change in any environment is individuals. Countries that have done well are made up of individuals who took decisions. So to break it down, I will say, poor nations are made up of weak institutions. Weak institutions are occupied by wrong people. Wrong people are creatures of wrong values. So to change a nation, you must change the values. If you change the values, you will change the people. If you change the people, you will change the institutions. If you change the institutions, you will change the nation. I don't believe that it is only political parties who will determine our future. It is what we teach our kids and ourselves today. 
what we do as ourselves, that will determine what Ghana becomes in 2036. Our unit of change that makes the greatest impact is individuals. So write it in your book. Say, I am the most important unit of change for Ghana. Write it. Write your name there. I, Bernard Koku Able. I am what Ghana needs to create the future we want. It's not our political parties. They have a role to play. It's not our churches. They have a role to play. It's not just the schools. They have a role to play. But it starts from me. I am the captain of my soul. I decide what I want to be. When I was coming to this place this morning, a friend of mine called me. We used to live at Medina Firestone. We used to play four corners after school together. Most of my friends who grew up with me, they are driving taxis. Some of them have their own companies. I'm not saying driving taxi is bad. I decided I want to be a media person. I decided the things I want to do with my life after university. Some people have master's degrees. Some people have PhDs. It's all a consequence of decision. So it's not where you come from alone that matters. Every nation is shaped by the decisions and the actions of its citizens. This is very, very important. Now, the next question I'll say, what are the obstacles to creating the future we want? There are many. And if you listen to the radio, you hear it. Bad leadership. People are not thinking right. We have the wrong mindset. It's true. Citizens are not engaged. They are disinterested in the development of their country. People throw rubbish anywhere. The education doesn't give us any values. Laziness. Mediocrity. Lots of things. But I don't want to focus on the obstacles. What I want to do this morning is to tackle what is your role. Ask somebody, what is your role? What is your role? Now, your role is threefold as far as I'm concerned this morning. Number one, three things you will do to create the future we want. I will develop my leadership capacity. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Leadership is cause. Everything else is effect. Leadership of a country. Leadership in your house. Leadership of yourself. Mahatma Gandhi says, everybody wants to change the world. But nobody thinks of changing themselves. The most difficult task of a leader is to lead themselves. The purpose of leadership is to create order in an environment. The purpose of leadership is to create order in an environment. A man or a woman or a boy or a girl who does not lead themselves properly cannot lead anybody. Take the beam from your eye to enable you see clearly to take the mote from your neighbor's eye. You can't be a leader if you don't lead yourself. The most difficult kind of leadership is self-leadership. You need to tell yourself that to create the Ghana you want, to influence your nation to be positively developed, it starts with you. If you can't arrange your chop box and your trunk, to be orderly, if you can't lay your bed, if you can't brush your teeth and wash your pants properly, 
Why should we give you the class to manage? If you can't manage your 32 teeth in your mouth, so that when you open your mouth, people are running away, why should we make you the school prefect? The reason why we look out for self-development attributes is that if you can't lead yourself, you can't lead anybody. Every failure of leadership starts with failing to lead yourself. Now, everybody wants to be an influential leader. We have very nice views about leadership. But it is your responsibility to develop your leadership capacity to create the future you want. I'll come back to leadership. Second thing you need to do to create the future you want is to live a values-based life. Three days ago, somebody came to interview me in my office from African Magic. And he says, what are the three most important values of CTFM? I didn't even think. I said it straight. Number one, excellence. We do the best everywhere we are all the time. Number two, innovation. We have to improve the way we do things every day. Number three, integrity. We can't lie even once. Because as a media house, once you tell a lie, you lose credibility. You must have values. Values are things that hold you. You can't succeed in life without values. Excellence is a value we must aspire to. The reason Singapore is great is that they value excellence. Societies that value excellence are called meritocracies. That means that we don't promote you because you are from my region. We don't promote you because you are my friend. We don't promote you because you went to the same secondary school. We promote you because you can do the job. That is a meritocracy. And I have told myself that in my house, there will be excellence. If I wake up in my house, it's dirty. The people who are supposed to take care of the house are in trouble. Because if I can't make my house neat, why can I go and sit on the radio criticizing government about gutters? So the toilet in my house must be flushed. My rooms must be swept. The grass must be weeded. The bulb must be fixed. I must insist on certain values. As we go along Springboard today, decide on what your top three values would be. Your top three values. Things you will never negotiate on. I will never compromise excellence. I will never compromise integrity. I will never compromise innovation. That is the value that drives my organization. What is driving your life? The last thing you need to do is to put Ghana first. Now, let's talk about leadership. Because I think that leadership is the missing link for most of us. Most of us think leadership is occupying a position. Class prefect, headmaster, president of Ghana. That is not leadership. Leadership is your ability to influence change. Leadership is your ability to influence change. When Senanu, who is two and a half years old, when I come from work and I sit down in the hall, he starts jumping on the, uh, this thing, the sofa. Sesinam, who is eight months old, sees Senanu jumping. He also wants to jump. Senanu is leading. Now, I must be careful what I teach Senanu to be correct because the first person Sesinam is looking at is Senanu. Senanu is a leader. Not just because he is older than Sesinam, but because he has more experiences and he's in a position to know more. So now, if Senanu is eating and he throws the food away, bang. Sesinam sees that when you eat and you are tired, you throw the food away, bang. He also does the same thing. I can shout, stop it. We human beings are creatures of imitation. So, Leadership is influence. That means that you must change the effect of people around you. 
Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. Matthew chapter 5 verse 12. And he said, you are the light of the world. What does that mean? If you are preparing a bowl of soup, you don't need a bowl of salt to make the soup taste salty. You need a spoon of salt because salt has influence. Those of you who are scientists, you know that you need a pinch of salt to a pound of meat. A pinch of salt. Salt influences. So to be a leader, you must be influential. People must look at your life and say, because of the way Bernard does his radio programs, I will become a journalist. Because of the way Bernard asks his questions, I will be a faithful person. Because he insists on integrity. The definition of leadership is influence. This is what John Maxwell said. The key to leadership is priorities. You can't be a leader if you don't have priorities. Putting first things first. The problem with most of us is that we don't want to prioritize our lives. The priority of being in secondary school is not to get a girlfriend. The priority of being in secondary school is to acquire knowledge to move to the next level. You can't be a leader if you can't prioritize. In my life, my order of priority is very simple. God, number one. My family, number two. Then, my ministry, number three, before my work. God is number one. The purpose of leadership is order. If you don't have, an order is based on priorities. If you don't know how to arrange your priorities as a secondary school student. When I was in Presec, the, we, we wrote seven subjects at SS. At the time, they kept changing from eight to seven to five. The guy who had seven A's, there were only two. One of them is called Atta Musa. He went to MIT. The other one is called Franklin Adachi. Franklin Adachi was not the most excellent student. But Franklin Adachi was organized. He wakes up 4 o'clock every day. He baths before 5 o'clock. His clothes are neatly ironed. He has a time to study and a time to play. He got 7 A's out of 7 because he was organized. He prioritized his life. Most African footballers are very talented, but they are not disciplined. That's why they don't succeed. I can tell you that in Medina, where I grew up, there are footballers who have more talent than Lionel Messi. But your talent must be taken through discipline to bring out the best. If you don't go through a soccer academy to tell you that sometimes you must stick in your space if you're a striker. It's not just about dribbling. I would do soccer. You can dribble plenty of people. But there's a time to dribble and a time to hold. There's a time to tackle and a time to defend. If you don't have priorities, you can't be a leader. So the definition of leadership is influence. The key to leadership, priorities. The indispensable quality of a leader is vision. The indispensable quality of a leader is vision. Any leader who doesn't have a vision is just deceiving himself. Pat Utomi. Pat Utomi. U-T-O-M-I. He's a Nigerian politician. He said a leader is somebody who makes today's impossibilities tomorrow's routine. A leader is somebody who makes today's impossibilities tomorrow's routine. What does it mean? He sees something nobody else sees and works towards it. He sees what everybody doesn't see. He said, if you can see the invisible, you will do the impossible. Springboard is what it is today because somebody saw it. 
I am very sure Albert and Comfort saw you sitting here many years ago. When they started in their printing company and they were hustling and working, they could see hundreds of thousands of students all over the country. They could see themselves driving. You can't be a leader if you don't have vision. So as you sit here, you must think of where you want to be. You must think of the future you want and write it down. When I was in the university at the age of 19, I wrote down what I wanted to be. I wrote it in the Bible. I wrote it down. I wrote it. I wrote, I wanted to host a morning show on an influential radio station. I was 19 years old. I wrote it down. You can't achieve anything if you don't write it down. And so the indispensable quality of a leader is vision. What vision do you see for yourself? Mike Maddock made a very interesting statement, and I like the statement. He said, Champions do daily what losers do occasionally. Champions do daily what leaders do occasionally. And then he says something else. He says, losers focus on what they are going through, but champions focus on where they are going to. Losers, they are in secondary school. They are collecting fans. Everybody knows them. They are happy. Everybody is happy. Champions know that I am in preset, but it's only for three years. The real issue is get to university. When he's in university, he's doing what he has to do, but he's doing it with a future in mind. Losers focus on what they are going through. Champions focus on where they are going to. This is very, very important. The next ingredient you need to develop as a leader is integrity. Integrity. Integrity means you are one. Whether you are in class, whether you are in church, whether you are in the house, whether you are on the radio, whether you are speaking here or speaking to nobody, you are the same. The most important ingredient in leadership is integrity. Because if you are not honest, we can't trust you. And if you can't trust you, you can't lead anybody. The last issue I'll talk about is attitude. The problem with most of us is that we think that attitude is just a motivational thing. The way you are even sitting here and accepting what I'm saying will decide what kind of future you will create for yourself. Attitude is critical. Our attitude as a country, our attitude to time, attitude to work, attitude to time, attitude to work. You can be very brilliant, but if your attitude to training is poor, you can't succeed. Zig Ziglar made a statement. He says, the greatest nation in the world is not the United States of America. It's not China. It's not Russia. It's not Ghana. He says, the greatest nation in the world is imagination. The greatest nation in the world is imagination. Because you will move fast in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. The greatest nation in the world is your imagination. I'll leave you with a final quote because of time. These are the other essentials of leadership. I don't have time to talk about it. Self-discipline, which is the key to leadership. Being disciplined is doing what is appropriate and not what is convenient. You can't be a leader to create the future you want if you are not disciplined. So I call self-discipline the price tag of leadership. The price tag of leadership. 
Nelson Mandela was in prison for 27 years. He used to break stones and his hands became very hardened. He said, when you stay in a prison, which is very small, it helps you to imagine things because you are alone and there's so much silence. So you develop your imagination. He went through that process. Now, the vision he had for his country, he was able to articulate by the discipline he got in prison. Self-discipline is very, very important. I won't have time to go through stories of successful people. This was the Business World magazine. Ghana's 20 influential business leaders under 40. All these people started like you. Some of them you can see, you know. Some of them you don't know. This gentleman was at Festival of Ideas two years ago. Great young man, doing fascinating things in the water sector. When you talk to him, you'll be excited at his vision. He says he wants to provide clean water for the whole of Africa. This lady is an architect. Every holiday, she carries 20 of her friends to villages to build libraries and paint schools at her own cost. She's a leader. She's making a difference. All these people started just like you started. But they decide that they will not wait for the government to change things. This guy is a doctor. He's also a radio presenter at CTFM. Every vacation, he presents, he goes to do medical outreach. Dr. Nimaku. Atu Ozenapia. He won the Springboard Award a few years ago. He organizes bar camps, come to many secondary schools. He's not using government money. These people are creating the Ghana we want to see in 2036. You can create the same Ghana, but it starts with you. Malcolm Forbes says, when you cease to dream, you cease to live. Ten years ago, I told myself I would stand here and be speaking, and I'm speaking. Tell yourself something you want to see in ten years' time. And I'm sure I will be there to celebrate it with you when that day comes. Thank you very much. Have a great morning. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert N.E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233 You may also subscribe to amazon.com or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed. No more searching, searching.